0: Oh my goodness! It's a wonderful morning here in sunny Southern California, which is where we find ourselves today sunny. on the K is for Kinky podcast. As Miss Jen just pointed out, uh, it is not actually sunny.
1: <laughs> it rained this morning. Did it really? Uh-huh. Oh my god!
0: Don't ruin my voice. My you welcome everybody special by the way. I washed my car on
1: Monday, so therefore it rained today.
0: <laughs> uh, we should probably actually introduce the topic though. Oh right. <laughs> the topic today. <laughs>
1: Is not the weather. No.
0: Um, the topic today is the heart system. You give me a heart... Um, Sorry. Oh. I'm <laughs> just sorry. kidding. That's not the agreed upon title. That's not the agreed. It's all about the heart system and how we use affirmations in our d- dynamic.
1: Whew. Well, it's... Well, there's blue hearts, too.
0: Great. Thanks it's for bringing commu- that up. It's a
1: communication style, not all about... It's good job hearts and no-no finger hearts. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the K's for Kinky podcast, This podcast discusses adult topics, so if you are offended by adult topics or are under the age of 18, please stop listening now. Also, while Miss Jen is a therapist, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are not to be taken as personal therapy for you. She is not your therapist. And if she is your therapist, just remember that what she says only technically counts in your private sessions.
0: Welcome to the podcast. Uh, if you're here, it's because you're kinky or you know someone who is, or you, or you accidentally wish you were, oh, you wish you were kinky. <laughs> it's like wishing you were gay. It's like one of those things like you either are or you aren't, I suppose. I mean, I guess that's not true. You can't make yourself gay. No, no, no. I'm saying the kinky one. <laughs> I know people who would make themselves gay
1: if they could. Yeah. Um, we both do. But you, no, I'm saying like if you don't think you're kinky, but you're listening to this. News alert! You're probably kinky. Oh my god! <laughs> or kink curious, kink adjacent. You know. Well, I
0: think it's fair to say that you might think you're not kinky, but it's because you haven't discovered
1: the breadth of what can be considered kinky. Like, yeah, or you think it's like all the extreme stuff that you see on TV.
0: But we are not saying that you're kinky. T- you're not kinky until you are. We're not using that argument. We're just saying <laughs> many people don't give themselves permission to process. The breadth of what kink can offer you. Sorry, I was going to make a breath play <laughs> joke. A breath play joke? Well, now the, now I want to hear it.
1: I know it was breadth with a D, but I went to... Never mind. Breadth It's fine. We're, we're over. It. It's done. We're uh, moving on now. <laughs> Did it have to do with bread? No. I want bread. Oh my God.
0: Anyways, regardless of why you're here, we're happy to have you. Uh, I'm Eden.
1: <laughs> and I'm Jen. Pull up a chair while we tell you about our heart system.
0: On a broader scope, we're going to be talking today about um, including affirmations and also um, how to communicate uh, improvement in a dynamic, um, which Miss Heart, Miss Heart, <laughs> Miss Heart, oh my god, Miss Jen likes to, as you heard <laughs> earlier. Miss Jen brought up the blue
1: heart. There's pink. There's blue. There's purple. There's gold.
0: Yeah, but I want to before we start talking about this heart system, I want to talk about why it exists and what this thing is. So, um, one miss jen why don't you explain your i think it's best to come from you
1: okay so what eden is trying to get me to say verbal affirmations um are not my strong suit maybe it's because they don't work in the receiving direction for me um eden's love language is verbal affirmations well, I that's like other like, things too. I like well, getting you gifts. You like everything, but like that's gifts. like one of the tops for you. I like has And pictures. it's one of the bottoms for me. Um, giving and receiving. So, like, verbal affirmations for me um, tend to be more hollow. Like, I want to see things. I want to see things happen. Um, I'm mine. Obviously, if you hadn't guessed, is more about service. Um, what are the odds? I know. It's shocking, um, and well, it's 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 interesting because it's not just receiving service, but it also tends to be how I show love as well, right?
0: Well, it's pretty normal. So, I also
1: show love a lot of verbal. No, I know yeah. that's what I'm saying is usually it goes in both directions, um, but I'm saying surprisingly in terms of you know I'm your D type, but like I show my love usually by things that I do for you, provide for you, cooking whatever. But, uh, yeah. So I've never really been great at, like, I'm, I'm, I think I'm okay at saying like, oh, good job. Or thank you. Like I'm good at saying thank you for stuff. Yes. Which for me, I guess is kind of (laughs) my verbal affirmation. You're good at being polite. I am good at being polite. I have manners. You have manners is what you're describing. You're
0: describing manners, not verbal affirmation, but you're describing manners. Well, but it's showing appreciation. To yes, me.
1: that's that's my showing appreciation. But when your love language is verbal affirmation, that's not going to hit the mark. It's not enough. Right. Over the years, we have tried various things to help me with it. Um, and it wasn't just the affirmations. It was it was difficult for me, I think, to give um, negative feedback too, Right. So like maybe for different reasons, but We came up with this uh, system, if you will. When was it? Well, I I want to
0: talk about trying to come up with a system that works. So
1: first... Oh, the leading up to?
0: Yeah. What's interesting about the love language concept is that Miss Jen mentioned her favorite way of receiving love is through acts of service. And it's very convenient that she is a dominant because she's guaranteed to receive acts of service essentially in the structure of DS. Most DS relationships require the S type to provide service of some sort. Um, I'm sure there are some relationships that don't include that, but I've never encountered one. It's just kind of the basic supposition. If you are the submissive or you are the S type or whatever identifier you're using, you are there to provide service and you are the subordinate to the D type. You know, it um,
1: depends on the relationship. If it's just play or whatever, yeah, then that might not be, be a the bit case. Different. But.
0: but speaking with DS, it's kind of the expectation. And that got me to thinking because, yes, we can address this, this conversation between us about our love languages. But on a more like macro scale for DS, if the S type is expected to provide affection, love, and support in one type of love language, a.k.a. at the very least service... What is a D-type expected to provide in that structure? Because it's kind of funny, but you could actually look at DS as like a blueprint that already tells you how to show and exchange affection. I would argue, based on feedback I've gotten from a lot of S-types over the years and based on my own experience, S-types enter into DS with the hope and the expectation within the structure that as they provide service to show love, the D-type will provide affection and verbal affirmation. Um, So I was just piecing together as we were talking the fact that on top of love languages, um, D-types and S-types should both understand when they enter into DS that there is a responsibility to provide certain types of affection or reinforcement just based on the DS alone, like the S type should expect to provide service unless it is deliberately negotiated not to, and the D type should expect to provide verbal affirmation and verbal feedback, both positive and negative, as their role in in the dominant space, Um, and if both of these things are met, at the bare minimum, that's like to me the building blocks of functioning DS when neither is met, or one is met and not the other, etc., That's when you start to see dysfunction when neither role is offering the thing that they're supposed to offer um, for
1: it to for it to flow. Right. And these are all things that we've struggled with on both sides. And this was a system that is, again, I don't know when it started. I can't remember how long it's been, but it's something to help provide not structure. Um, provide a, another tool for increasing these ideals on on both sides of the slash, if you will.
0: Yeah, and I, I I wish I had known, or somebody had sat down and talked to me earlier on. Although, frankly, like you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda, and also I'm not the person I am today that I was then. So who knows if it would have landed? But having DS broken down to that simplicity of what is the base expectation from each role in order for this thing to function. Like if if I had had the ability to see that, it's possible we could have avoided some pitfalls. And I definitely hope that anybody listening is hearing that this is a good way to look at uh, approaching building a dynamic. You know, what are you supposed to bring and what do you need to bring in order for this thing to flow and to function? So uh, first, even though today we're not gonna talk a lot about it, we will be discussing the importance of S-types showing up to the dynamic and being willing to offer service um, and being able and willing to learn how to process resistance during service, um, which is a really big challenge. And anybody who says that it isn't, they either lying or they are a type of human that is very different from me and many S-types I've met. Resistance is a Important thing to be able to talk about and it's a normal part of DS for an S-type in my opinion. Um, And on the other side of that, we're going to be talking about uh, what types of verbal affirmations are good and necessary, ways to offer affirmations that may or may not be verbal but that still make the S-type feel good, and also the importance of offering feedback when you're not happy as the dominant and consistency in feedback. These are things that we're going to discuss today. At a,
1: at a lower level than like when it gets beyond to yeah. punishment or serious. Yeah.
0: We're not talking things. about punishments and yeah. consequences today. We'll do another episode on punishments and consequences. <laughs> yeah. But today we're just talking about what we found that works for us after a couple trial and errors. So without further dudes, I will launch into the very brief, quick, abridged history of things we tried that did not work. So year one, I wanted more verbal affirmation. Uh, Michelle admitted, you know, I struggle with this. This isn't my norm. Um, We kind of figured out a little bit about like uh, realistic expectations and valuing improvements and things like that, but it's still a struggle. So we acknowledged early on that that was something that she wanted and needed to work on. Um, And uh, I don't want to not hold myself accountable as I bring that up. You know, I am currently actively working on – showing up to service differently than I ever have before. Um, so I don't want to make it seem like, you know, I wasn't loved or, or given um, affection for my dominant. I've always been loved and given affection, all right? Um, but I started to brainstorm, because that's the way that I work, early on, about year and a, year one and a half, I think is when it first started. I started to think to myself, how can I get verbal affirmations or some sort of affirmation that isn't verbal that works for me? And so I came to her and I said, you know what I really love is stickers, I love stickers. And this is actually true. I really do love stickers. I have them on my desk right now and I used them yesterday. They are delightful, especially Lisa Frank stickers. They are the bomb. I'm not going to lie to you. Anyways, um, we started trying to implement sticker systems. And the idea of a sticker system, um, originally I think we were like, you know, okay – the stickers themselves are the reward. You get to put a sticker on. So Ms. Jen bought me a set of these little like, mini stickers that teachers use, like little smiley faces and stars and stuff, like the 100-pack of stickers. She bought me those, and I made a list that was basically a spreadsheet, um, which she would print out for me. And on that spreadsheet was all the tasks I was supposed to do each day. And I would put stickers on every task I completed for the day. And this sh- – it, it sounds good in theory – Because at the end of like the month or whatever, if I had a certain number of stickers or something like that, I was supposed to be able to be like getting some sort of prize or something. I don't know what we were going to do. The problem was uh, this was exhausting to do for me as the S-type. I would do it solo as well. Like she wasn't really invested in the process. So like Miss Jen rarely wanted to check the sticker charts and might remind me like, hey, did you do your chart today? Because she was trying to help me have good mental health. But she wasn't super engaged. So this is a process that quickly became something that I was doing by myself. And as an S-type, to have a D-type completely removed from affirmations and just to be doing a sticker chart for yourself, it can become really monotonous. And also, it was just boring. Like, yeah, I did the dishes. Yeah, I did this. Yeah, I did that. But there was no consequence or negative being given for the day-to-day. And on top of that, um, I think I would get really overly frustrated when I didn't hit every single mark. Even if – because, this might be an OCD thing, but if I saw a blank space, even if that ob- uh, opportunity wasn't even there that day, I would I would be upset that it wasn't filled. I could never get full marks based on how that chart worked. So I could, in my mind, success was nearly impossible. There was, it was very difficult to get a reward system. Um, so I approached her and said, I don't think this is working. I'm not getting pleasure out of doing it. It's not improving my productivity, um, you don't seem super engaged, and I'm just, I'm not wanting this. Can we try something else? And so she was like, of course, you know, because she's been game from day one to try to help find ways to give affirmations. I think um, it's important to acknowledge that, you know. So I said, well, I still like stickers. So what if I use my big Lisa Frank stickers in a sticker book, and you can give me a sticker?" every time you think i do something well and when i get 10 stickers i get a prize again new version of sticker system sounds good right mr does it sound good
1: well yeah it took away the chart essentially yeah
0: but it still but it added in engagement with my dominant which mm-hmm. is what i really wanted and like i think it's important to acknowledge that because it's a big piece of what i think most s types want They don't just want to become a better person or to improve themselves because we can do those types of things alone, technically speaking. We also want that love and affection and that feedback from our D-type and that relationship.
1: By the way, if you're an unpartnered S-type, you can totally do those things. Make yourself a chart. You can
0: totally do it. (laughs) Once you're in the dynamic with somebody, a lot of S-types want that engagement with the dominant for a reason. So um, this new idea with the sticker chart, I thought was genius. I thought for sure it would work. Um, no
1: sticker, sticker chart.
0: No, it was, sorry, no sticker chart. The, the sticker book. The sticker reward book. And on top of it, to sweeten the pot, I pre-bought things I wanted um, and put them in a treasure chest box, which, like, I, my my little was freaking out with excitement. Put the box under the bed, and whenever I got enough stickers, I was allowed to pick a toy out of the box. And that was, in my mind, a perfect solution to this.
1: Yeah, I think your second top love language is getting shit. I love getting shit.
0: (laughs) I I mean, I also, well, it competes with quality time because (laughs) quality time is my most important, but I love gifts. It's true. I'm not going to lie. It's kind of like tied between quality time and gifts. But um, so the other reason we did this too is that if you pre-buy the gifts, you don't have to worry about money when it's time to get a present. So that was something that we were all, we've always been trying to mitigate. How can we fiscally deal with uh, this situation? So- Ms. Jen, how did that go?
1: Well, then you get back to my expectation levels (laughs) because then it was all on me to decide when do you get a sticker for what do you get a sticker? Is a sticker based on the value of the thing you've done? Is it based on something being exceptional or a task that is, you know, a base everyday thing? So... I, there was there was no definition around that. So I would give stickers when I felt like giving stickers based on just my own agenda, I suppose, because um, there was nothing really to go by. And so what we found is that the giving of stickers took a while to get to the 10.
0: The first time I completed my sticker sheet was six months after we started this. And I knew during that time period that regardless of the prize at the end of the tunnel, I had deserved more than that number of affirmations. I knew that in six months, being told good, basically that my equivalent of good job, I value you and I'm proud of you, because that's what that sticker meant to me. Being given that 10 times in six to eight months um, is basically only once a month being worthy enough in your dominant size to receive recognition. And that's how I processed that. And that was actually pretty damaging. And um, I don't think that my dominant feels that way. I think my dominant is, did exactly what she just said she did. She was basically going, like, I will only give a sticker when it's above and beyond. And um, the problem is that what I really needed from her was not to only be recognized for above and beyond, but to be appreciated and encouraged to grow with everyday struggles. And it's what I really wanted from a system. And basically, between the overabundance of these little mini stickers that were happening with the sticker chart, which was ineffective, and this complete like lack of receiving stickers, I think I only was able to accomplish receiving um, things out of the box two times in over a year, actually, because we tried to use the the sticker book for over a year. Um, it gets into your head. For me, it got into my head, and I felt, "Wow, I'm really not good enough. I really can't earn praise from her. And there's really so little that I can accomplish. I'm I'm worth so little." Um, that really started to get into my head, and that that's really not the way that these systems are supposed to go. Um, you know, and it also to be fair, during this time as well, it, it overlapped with COVID. Our life has gone through some really tough times. And when life is the hardest, I've noticed that my dominant might notice or focus a little less on praise or recognition because she's mostly geared towards survival. So she notices when things don't go well, but it's more work and it would take a different headspace for her to be in to notice when things are going good. Um, so... It makes sense that during that time when we were using this system and my dominant didn't know what to do with the stickers other than to try to judge, you know, when is it worth using them? And she was also focused on, I don't know, getting me through three medication changes, getting me through two job changes, having us survive COVID, which we were paying rent. Um, (laughs) I have compassion for why my dominant was distracted, but I also have compassion for myself as the S type and how hard that was. Um, ultimately it became clear this system doesn't work and it's causing a lot of harm because it let me feel, it made me feel like I was in this echo chamber of nothing I do is good enough or worthy enough to get to this point. Um, so we stopped using it as well. This is, this, this sticker book just sort of fell out of use. I don't even think we officially stopped it. And, um,
1: you lost your stickers.
0: I lost my stickers when we moved about a year and a half ago. And, uh, also I would say about a year and a half ago, we went through one of the hardest reckonings for us because we, we moved into the home we live in now, which is a perfect
1: home for us for now.
0: We which have was our
1: second move in our relationship. Uh, it was together.
0: my, yeah, it was my fourth move and our second move because I, I moved in, yeah, it doesn't matter. Yes. It, it was a big move for us. And getting from this apartment where we used to live, which was an unsafe environment and we were unhappy and it was just – neither one of us was mentally at our best or well in that apartment. Moving from there to here was a huge quality of life change. It was an improvement, but it was also really stressful. And during that time, yes, I lost the stickers. Um, I lost the sticker book. And I also lost my interest in the things that were in that treasure chest, which is really interesting actually. But, um,
1: but that had nothing to do with us, I don't know. No,
0: it had nothing to do with us at all. I – I had changed enough since we started that process that these things were no longer impacting me. And I was able to process as well. I'm not looking for presents and prizes, although I enjoy them um, and they would need to be meaningful to me to be valuable to me. I'm really looking for feedback from my dominant. And we started about actually it's almost two years ago now. Almost two years ago... The heart system? No, not the heart oh. system. About two years ago, we started really looking at our dynamic and understanding uh, things are out of whack, things are out of balance. Um, yes, obviously, I wasn't receiving affirmations and feeling as valued um, or, or as protected in that way in terms of, like, protecting growth. But also, I wasn't functioning in my role either. And we talked about this before in previous episodes where our darkest points, neither one of us was really functioning in the role that we had agreed to occupy. So we were still committed to each other and trying to get through, but it was really more like two people holding on to each other in a storm and not doing the best job at at fixing what was imbalanced. But once we moved to this house, things started to calm down for us. We got calm enough and stable enough to be able to look at what wasn't working and to be able to focus on growth. And that's where the heart system was first born was about a year and a half ago. Um, maybe a year, maybe a year. Yeah. And we, I, I, I talked to her because one of the things that Ms. Jen mentioned, yes, verbal affirmations are not the strong suit, but also something that she's working on is holding space as a dominant. And I'm also working on my part on providing space for her because she sometimes, please, Miss Jen, let me know if I'm wrong, but sometimes you will avoid conflict you will choose to avoid conflict instead of holding ground because it's, it's inefficient. I have to pee super bad. Sorry, 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 sorry.
1: sorry. I think for me, a lot of the avoidance was because if I gave a correction, it would often turn into a much bigger conflict. And we didn't yet have the systems in place that we've recently started, which could move that conflict forward or, uh, dissolve it quickly. It was something that if I had even a a minor correction or dissatisfaction with something, it would typically turn into a much bigger, either conflict or a much bigger conversation, which would lead to time that I'm sitting there trying to work, whatever, like we've talked about this before. And it was easier to especially if it was minor, it was easier to avoid that because it just would turn into this huge thing. And so I didn't have a way to just give a correction, have it be taken and move on, right? So that was, I think, a big part of it for me.
0: I think also I came into DS and into this relationship with certain like wants or hopes that may or may not have been reasonable and that were definitely not communicated up front because I wasn't aware enough of them myself to communicate them. But one of those things, like the mindset that I carried was um, basically that it it was her job to train me, her job to draw lines for me and to create boundaries, her job to hold them, her job to enforce, and that if I was having a hard time or having resistance – Ultimately, it was her job to reel reel that in and to kind of like, not beat it out of me, but like to get me, to to, to create me into the shape. And one, that is, there's a huge piece missing from that thought,
1: which is... Your responsibility. (laughs) Yes.
0: My responsibility as an S-type. And the reason I talk about it candidly is because that mindset that I had, I carried from childhood. Children think that of their parents. Children, a child parent relationship, it is literally the parent's job to provide everything for that child and the child has zero responsibility. And I think that because I have often approached romance and dating, which is also its own thing, but I'm interested in older women and older partners because in many respects, I, for the reason, sorry, the reason I got into DS, you know. The reason I got into DS in the first place is that I was looking basically for a new parental role to be filled that was also romantic, sexual, and consensual. Um, What I didn't understand at that time is that my mindset about what I expected from that authoritarian role was identical to the mindset of what I expected and needed when I was a kid. And it's important to know something like that because there is the realm of reasonable and the realm of unreasonable. And it is unreasonable for an adult of any stature in my mind to one not communicate that want but two it's unreasonable unless somebody tells you yeah I can want to do this and I don't think that Miss Jen has the capacity to provide that level because she is also providing a household for her own children and is figuring out dominance for herself figuring out DS with me and also financially supporting us so I don't think that Miss Jen was looking to be a parent when she got into DS in the same way that I wasn't necessarily looking for DS without a parental figure. Uh, We found that we can meet each other in the middle. I hope this isn't sounding too convoluted. But what I am saying is that my headspace and mindset shifted dramatically when I had it click for me that I have to take personal responsibility for certain parts of where we found ourselves and for my own behavior and my own um, growth. I have to be responsible enough to know that it's not her job or even her ability to quote unquote beat me into submission or to hold boundaries alone because um, as we've experienced in our relationship, when I do push boundaries or not even boundaries, but when I challenge constantly, even if I think in the moment that it is reasonable it erodes her ability to lead. And she just mentioned like, I had. She, she, yes, she, yes, it's true. She has had a hard time taking up space in her dominance, but also I haven't really given her much space. And so in order for her to be able to combat that, she'd have to be a person who is so good at taking up space and so strong with her language that she could basically overwhelm me and push me out so that she could have the space. And that's not who she is. It's not what she's looking for. And what I'm describing is a power struggle as well. It wasn't something that I consciously tried to create, but I also wasn't consciously taking responsibility for what I could do to make it better. And a big difference in where we are in our dynamic today is me understanding that in order for her to have space, yes, it's true, she does need to step up and take it, and I need to step back. It needs to be both of us doing that exact action together, and that's what helps with the heart system, and I want to get into that heart system. Before we do, though, I do want to say, like, I want to thank my dominant for choosing to take up the space and for, you know, being willing to work with me as I grow because we've both grown so much in this relationship. And um, we do talk about the conflict avoidance from your perspective. But if I put myself in your shoes and I had an S-type who challenged me as often as I've challenged you in the past, um, it would I might avoid conflict as well. Let's let's look at the ideal now. okay? let's let's remove back from our history um, and look at what what DS that's healthy would look like. What's healthy and what it would look like is that yes, the dominant does hold boundaries in space, does enforce uh, rules, and is consistent, which is something that Miss Jen is currently growing that muscle and flexing that muscle. And the S-type would ideally allow this to happen. The S-type would ideally support the dominant in their decision-making and create space for the dominant. So what we've been trying to do is exactly that because that is what we want from our DS. And we've also been pretty patient with each other, I feel, as we are having growing pains and learning how to occupy these roles in a way that's healthy for us. And the heart system helps a lot. Um, About a year ago, I approached her and I said, I want to try a system again. Uh, But this time I want to do it different. I don't want a treasure chest or a box. If there are going to be rewards, I either want them to be not physically bought or I want them to be on an Amazon wish list. And um, I will put on that wish list a range of things I want that go from like five dollars to thirty or something like that, but nothing to. There will never be a time when any, something is on. There's not an option on that wish list that is affordable to us, basically. So I, I nipped in the bud with this any possibility of it being too expensive to engage in the system. And then I said, I think we need a system where you can communicate non-verbally or just with the limited verbal, happiness or pleasure, and displeasure. And it's going to be like taking the temperature of us on that day. The goal of the system is to know like hot and cold. Um, So I said, so I'm going to make
1: pink hearts and blue hearts.
0: The pink hearts mean that I'm doing a good job. And the blue hearts mean that I made a mistake or you want me to correct something.
1: You went to Michael's and you bought a little jar and little like thin light wood hearts that you painted and you painted 8 an even number of blue hearts and pink hearts, mm-hmm. right? And then you also threw in some purple hearts and gold hearts. And so the way that we use them currently cuz the heart system went through some renovations. <laughs> Basically, if you start fresh, I have all the hearts In my little side desk. Except the purple
0: hearts. And we'll talk about that
1: in a second. Except the purple hearts. So I have the blue, the pink, and the gold. And whether it's stuff that is expected um, or extra stuff or whatever. It can be kind of anything. Um, It doesn't necessarily just have to be like, uh, you know, domestic chores type stuff. But I can give you a pink heart. Um, And it usually just comes with, here's the pink heart and this is what it's for. Mm -hmm. And the pink heart represents that praise. Um, And then if there's something that doesn't go well or I ask for something and you respond with resistance or uh, defiance or you're given attitude about something or whatever, like it's not something big enough to warrant higher levels of like punishment. It's more of, Hey, like I don't appreciate that. This is a correction. Like you need to correct this. Then that's a blue heart. And so basically it's, here's the blue heart and this is what that's for done. Right. So it's not going into huge conversations about things. Um, and we're trying our best that if you get a blue heart and you're not happy about it to hold that and process it. And if we need to talk about it, we schedule it, which goes into our other systems, which we're not talking about today, but it makes it so that it's not going from small correction to big conversation slash conflict, right? So it's, here's a pink heart, here's a blue heart, here's what this is for. Um, and then the gold hearts are like extra special. You went above and beyond or I feel like super appreciative of blah, 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 something or other. And so a gold heart is kind of like a pink heart on steroids. Yeah. Um, and I think, do you want to describe the purple hearts and then we'll talk about kind of the, yeah. how they cancel each other out?
0: Yeah. I also okay. briefly want to say, when, I'm just going to do it really quickly because I don't want to linger. But when we originally started the system, that was the entire purpose of the system. And actually, there wasn't rewards attached to the pink cards at the time. The goal of the system was just information. A way to communicate. Yeah. And so it, it, the, the way I posed it to her at the time was this is a way for us to take the temperature of how our dynamic is doing. Because it would let me see on every single day, how many blue hearts do I have each day? How many pink hearts? It grew into something else. It grew into the pink hearts eventually adding up to a reward under certain circumstances. And the blue hearts impacting my ability to earn that reward. So there ended up being an actual technical consequence on ability to earn reward. Even though, even just using it as temperature is still valuable. In the spirit of being able to take the temperature of how our relationship is doing, I also made a set of eight purple hearts. And now there's eight pink, eight blue, eight purple, and there are two golds. Miss Jen has one and I have another. I'm not the only one who needs information on how this is going. My dominant also needs to know how her submissive feels about how she's doing. But we agreed from the beginning that I could not and should not have my version of a blue heart for her. So Miss Jen in this system cannot earn reprimands, but she can earn purple hearts, which are positives. A purple heart means that her submissive feels like she's being an excellent dominant in some way. She performed. And a gold heart from her submissive, from me, means that she did above and beyond in my eyes. And that's a way to take the temperature for her. So we used this system just for temperature alone for a while. And the only issue we really encountered with it was that when weeks were hard or life was hard, it wouldn't be used as often, and I'd have to remind her, can you please use the heart system more? For a while, we used the system as it as it was, but we made a change, and I feel this change has added energy to the system. As I mentioned before, there are eight pinks and eight blues. Miss Jen off the bat said, I don't want rewards for my purple hearts. I don't want any sort of feedback other than just receiving them, um, and she's also been actively working on receiving praise because she's not super good at receiving praise. It's just kind of funny, but it goes across the board. Makes sense. I'm consistent. <laughs> she's getting better. Um, but uh, when I give her gold and purple hearts, they're just there for her to see. But we decided to implement rewards for me with the pink hearts um, and the blue hearts. And so this is how the system works. Miss Jen does start off when it's at neutral. She starts off with all eight and all blue. And she begins to award them. All and they eight
1: pink and all eight blue.
0: Yeah. Sorry. it's not what you said. Sorry. <laughs> so she starts to award the hearts and uh, they fill up the jar and those hearts stay in that jar until she runs out of pink or runs out of blue. Typically, actually, she's never run out of blue, which thank God, because if she's run out of blue, it means I really done fucked up in that round. To be real, it means all eight blue hearts are gone and she's reaching for a ninth and it's gone. Um, typically, what happens is she runs out of pink. And she says, oh, I'm out of pink. And I say, oh, okay, I guess it's time to look at where the jar is. So we pull all the hearts out of the jar and I line them up. I line up all eight pink, all of the blue that are there and all of her purple and gold. And I announce the numbers. So I say, hey, obviously I have got all eight pink, but I have five blues. I've got one gold heart. And then here's your hearts. You've got these hearts. You know, we take away her hearts and she goes, yay, I was appreciated. And that's, Something. About it. What? It's about it. It's about it. She. That's that's me actually adding joy. Normally it's, uh, but she's she's got her hearts. But then I look at my hearts. So let's say that I have eight pink, five blue, and one gold. And it's time to give Miss Jen all the pinks back that I owe her. I owe her pinks back because the blues cancel out the pinks. My hope and my goal is to end up with a jar that is only filled with pinks. Um, which means I can't have any blues in the jar. And I'm allowed to carry over into the next cycle any pinks remaining, okay? So right now, the way that it looks, if I didn't have a gold heart, I would hand Miss and back all five blue hearts and five of the pinks, and I'd be left with three pinks at the next cycle. But I earned a gold heart. And the gold heart is special because it allows me to get rid of a blue and then the gold heart turns into a pink. So what I would do is I would knock out the blue first, So now I have four blue. I scrap four blue and four pink. And then I trade my gold heart in for one of the new pinks. And what I'm left with, instead of only three pinks, I have five. Because the gold heart stood for a pink. Does that make sense? So I start off the new cycle with five pinks in the jar. And I only need to earn three more pinks to get a prize. But if I get a blue heart before I earn those other three pinks,
1: it's going to take a little longer. It takes a little
0: longer. So there is an actual consequence for earning a blue heart during this system. Now, it, it stops. Once you hit the eight pinks, you get to turn it in automatically. That's the rule. So once you hit eight, you immediately reset. I let her know. She says, great job. She is responsible for picking something off my Amazon wish list, and there's always a range of things so that it's not super expensive unless she has the extra money or wants to get something fancier. There's always an option to get me something that's about five bucks. Um, and then we restart the system. The cool thing about the heart system when it comes to the reward aspect is that it is geared towards success, um, it's not impossible to get the reward. Um, and it doesn't, it, but, but, but the Blue Hearts also do have consequence. They really can slow down progress. And I have had times, it, it typically takes me about two to three weeks to get a reward at this point. Um, I think Miss Jen might start to be more frugal with giving pink hearts if I was getting so good at the system that every week I was winning. And the goal is to decrease the number of Blue Hearts that I'm getting over time. There's an actual goal. I don't know if I've ever talked with you about that. But this isn't just to take the temperature. It seems kind of obvious. It seems obvious. <laughs> that the hope is that the blue hearts decrease. It's not evil or bad to get a blue heart. But in the same way that the goal is to have all pink, in our dynamic, the goal is to have as few of these blue hearts as possible. So from my little perspective, like the little in me, really loves the system when it comes to rewards. Because the gifts that I get from Miss Jen are for my little. So it's kind of funny because the little is engaged with the reward piece. My adult self cares a lot more about the meaning of the hearts and, and the temperature. Both parts are fed by this, by this system. And Miss Jen has a way of both acknowledging um, exceptional with the gold heart, of which she only has one to give, basically. Um, and she also has a way of acknowledging mundane growth. And that was something that Miss Jen really struggled with in the past was acknowledging mundane growth and everyday excellence versus above and beyond excellence. Um, I wish the Purple Hearts meant more to her, and I try my best to do a good job of explaining what it is that I feel is exceptional when I'm giving her a purple heart. I do find I give them less than I might because she doesn't seem to respond to them very much, but I hope it's useful for her to see as the dominant. Oh, my S type really liked that. I don't know. Do you want to speak to that as a dominant?
1: Not really as a dominant, but just as me, I, I, there's probably plenty of doms out there that would be like, Oh yeah, I got a purple heart or whatever your favorite color is. Um, they are her favorite color. That's why why they're purple. purple. Um, so especially for those maybe who have verbal affirmations as their love language, it's something that really affects them. They might be like stoked. Right. Um, I, I just don't, it doesn't do much for me to (laughs) like, I would, it would be just as much as you just saying, Hey, I really appreciated such and such. Or I think you, I, I was really proud that you're my dominant today because of blah, blah, blah. like, that means just as much to me as pairing it with the heart. Like, does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I guess the only benefit of the purple hearts is that it really th- confuses the children at this point. Um, because the, 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 <laughs> well, that's a
1: whole other So, piece the jar, of this. The,
0: so <laughs> as she mentioned, they went out and bought a jar, and this jar hangs on the wall actually. And it says, like, happiness is homemade on this like wooden. like this little piece of wood and then the jar is mounted to the wood and then there's a little like hanger and I have a pouch hanging on it and that pouch is filled with Miss Jen's purple hearts and the one gold heart I can give her. Miss Jen keeps all of my hearts in her little side drawer but the kids can see the jar and they have begun to notice that every week they're here there are different colors and numbers of hearts in the jar and they are (laughs) legitimately like in their rooms with like red string and like walls of pictures trying to piece together what this could mean and they it's both not that bad but it's almost <laughs> that bad i had the boy child glare at me when i put a purple heart in there one day and just stare at me and watch it happen and like you could see in his mind you could see his mind working be like what does it mean and the girl child is like what the hell are these things but like on a
1: more serious note oh, like when they're when she's like is it about sex? And we're like, yes, we're going to have a, a sex thing jar. about sex in the living room. Like, what? <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, it's normally we don't allow anything like this to be where the kids can see, but if they really were to find out that what we're doing is communicating with each other on improving our relationship, it would not be the worst thing in the world.
1: Right. We don't have to go into like the DS aspect. It's just a communication tool and that's fine. But right now we're both being a little sadistic about the fact that they can't figure it out. Yeah. It's funny.
0: (laughs) Um, but I do wish there was a way for me like as a submissive to be able to say something to my dominant, to let her know from a genuine place it hit her. Um, what? No,
1: you saying it does that. Well, I'm, not, I'm saying the heart just doesn't really add to it. It's just, it's fun for you.
0: Well, it is fun for me to put it in there for you. Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, it's all
0: just about me. Um, but I mean the, the point, the, this version of the heart system really is actually working for us for the first time in our dynamic. We have this not basically nonverbal reward system and also feedback system that, um, functions as, Uh, a cue for me as the submissive to know when my dominant is happy and when my dominant is less happy with my behavior um, without there being a heavy consequence and I get genuinely excited when I fill the jar up to eight like it's actually fun for there to be a reward even though that reward is something that as an adult I could buy myself. And that's what's kind of interesting about this to me too. It's like, it's not so much about the reward at the end of the day. It's about the amount of engagement I'm getting from the D-type. It's about knowing that when my dominant buys me like a little critter's book or like a Berenstain Bears book, which is often what happens, I might be able to sit down and read it with her. It's the reward of the quality time and the attention from the dominant. And knowing that for the first time in our dynamic, I can actually do good and see that being done and acknowledged. On the same token, while I'm getting rewards and the system is geared towards success, which is nice, it also is geared towards communication and towards um, clearly letting me know when something is off. Now, what's interesting, you know, the the, the gold heart and the the pink hearts allow Miss Jen to have a range of positives, but the blue hearts aren't in a range. So Miss Jen might give a blue heart for something small, like forgetting to do something. She might give a blue heart if we had a huge argument and we resolved it but the argument's existence alone was disruptive to our dynamic the blue heart will be there for that too so these blue hearts don't range um I don't know that they need to we don't need like a black heart or something or I don't know like there shouldn't be a need for it it's just more so understanding like the number of times an infraction occurred or the number of times that something needed to be improved my hope is to do better and to to, to earn the pink hearts faster. And I would expect if I began to do that regularly, that it would be harder to earn them. That's kind of the point of the system as well. It's, it's to improve and to better the dynamic, not to reward mediocrity. And I think that that's one of Miss Jen's fears is having to reward mediocrity. And one of my fears is having nothing but the most exceptional things I do be acknowledged as valuable. And I think this heart meets in the middle. It acknowledges, wow, today you did really well. Like, I really appreciate these things that you do. It, it creates a mode of communication for appreciation and it allows for acknowledging exceptional and it allows for growth and it pushes towards improvement over time. M- meanwhile, outside of the heart system, we're both trying to be accountable. So on top of this heart system, my dominant is also steadily improving um, on giving verbal feedback. But outside of the system, I feel like, my dominant is being more affectionate and I am actively working as a submissive to create space for my dominant to do whatever she needs to do. So whether it's and offering praise or criticism. not say
1: no as an automatic response to everything. Well, that's a separate thing.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, we're, we're both really trying to, hold each other and ourselves accountable to be in our roles, to occupy our roles, to respect the roles and to do what we are supposed to do so that the dynamic functions. Because that's the one thing that we learned when we were struggling was we just aren't in the roles. What does that actually look like ideally? You know, and that's where the heart system came from. We would love to hear what systems of affirmation and feedback that you all use. Um, we deliberately didn't talk about consequences and punishments because the heart system isn't meant for that. Consequences and punishments are much more severe than the heart system, which is meant to be, again, originally a way to take the temperature of our dynamic and what turn and, and which turned into a reward system. So we, we do want to talk about that. We do want to talk about what consequences and punishments are in our relationship and that might be an episode that's coming up um either later this month or the next um including as well coming together rituals Uh, we'd like to know if you guys want to hear this by the way i mean please let us know if this is the type of episode content that you want to receive if you enjoyed it um give us a five-star review if you didn't enjoy it give us a five-star review um and send us an email
1: (laughs) we have a couple of shout outs, new shout outs. Holy, what? Amazing. I know. As a connected kinkling or higher, which is five bucks or more, you get a one-time shout out. Um, Unless you are the top tier, the call me kinkling, then you get a shout out every single episode. But the... Connected Kinkling or higher, you get a one-time shout-out. And so I have two people to shout-out today. We have Kat. Thank you so much for uh, becoming a content crazy Kinkling, which is the $10 level. Um, And Tessa, thank you so much for becoming a connected Kinkling. We really, really appreciate you both and all of our patrons.
0: Um, We also, of course, need to call out the one and only Pudding who, as Mr. Jen mentioned, is a Call Me Kinkling. Call Me Kinklings get some pretty cool things, but I gotta say, obviously, my favorite part of it is just being able to say Pudding's name for no reason at all other than that she's wonderful every single episode. So if you, too, want to be called out every single episode, become a Call Me Kinkling today. Last but not least, our team absolutely needs to be recognized. I'm talking, of course, about Tussled, Lena, and Sid. These guys work tirelessly to make sure that our discord runs smoothly um that we have feedback on our content and that basically we just have a team of people we can count on um usually we list off all of their unique qualities but today i'm just going to say one word about each of them lena
1: are you saying the word in your head
0: (laughs) i'm gonna say it i'm gonna i'm gonna gonna cut it in night creature hyphen it's one word night hyphen creature (laughs) Tussled. Inspired. Sid. Hardworking. Those are the words I would use to describe (laughs) this lovely team of ours.
1: All right. Until next time, we adore you all, precious kinklings, and uh, we're out. Bye. Bye.